Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 to 24. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, or livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than fifteen cubits. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and the entire human race. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Human beings and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days. I would like to start by reading verse 23 of the text read to us earlier from Genesis chapter 7 verses 11 to 24. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out, men and animals and the creatures that moved on the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those with him in the ark. I wonder if you have ever been in a flood. I remember when as a boy growing up in, in rural Australia, sometimes it would be dry for months on end. And then all of a sudden, rain would come. And it would come and keep on coming for days, if not weeks on end. And the entire landscape would be flooded with water. One particular time, we were totally isolated from everybody. And no one else was to be seen as far as our eyes could see. It was as if my family and I were the only people on earth. Just as Noah and his family were. But how did Noah and his family happen to be in this ark and be saved from dying in the flood? So let's go back to the passage before us and put it into its context. Some time before, God had created the world and humanity. Shortly after that, man went against God's commandments and sinned against him. 
This sinning process continued down through the generations of people. As Genesis tells us elsewhere, that every inclination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil all of the time. So God in his pure holiness repented of his decision to make mankind and decided to wipe all living things from the earth. However, one man, Noah, had continued to walk with God and he was proclaimed righteous. God then commanded Noah to build an ark so as to keep him, his family and all types of creatures alive during the flood. Noah, whom the writer of the book of Hebrews told us was a righteous and godly man, obeyed God and built the ark, gathered the animals and entered the ark of safety with them and his family. So that is the background in which we come to today's passage. The story of the flood is one of the more well-known stories of the Old Testament and is particularly popular with children. But with it comes a series of messages that we learn from this section of the Bible in the 21st century. And the first message we see is that God is a judge. The flood demonstrated that God is a righteous and just God who will not tolerate evil. The flood showed that God means what he says. He gave man 120 years to repent. They did not, so they were judged. This judgment tells us that God is true to his word. The flood was complete. God's judgment was complete. The waters, it tells us, rose greatly on the earth and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished. And it is hard for us, if we're honest, to conceive how such a great amount of water came to cover the earth. How the flood happened is a mystery. However, God's judgment is not a mystery. We have seen here that the basis of God's judgment is the response of man to the revealed will of God. It is a thoroughly just and convincing thing. No doubt that when the waters of the flood started to appear, everyone left outside the ark were panic-struck and their mouths gaped open as they stopped in disbelief at the justice of God's judgment and were feeling very sorry that they hadn't listened to the words of God spoken through Noah. God is a judge. And our second message Not only is he a judge, but that we can also refer to God as a deliverer. In fact, the ark is typical of our salvation through Jesus Christ in many ways. God designed the way of salvation long before God revealed to Noah the judgment. Noah was saved because he fulfilled the requirements for salvation as given by God. The way of salvation provided a refuge from the judgment of God upon the world. The Lord shut Noah in to his salvation, a salvation that nothing or no one could take away. As the rain fell, Noah was safely in the ark. The rest of the world, however, could only watch as for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth. Noah, however, as the floodwaters grew, could look back on all the work he did in obedience to God and realize that it was not for nothing. He could look back at all the persecution that he suffered 
as he and ridicule as he built the ark and count it not worth comparing to the glory of his salvation. He must have felt greatly honoured to receive from God deliverance from such a judgment that he, as a sinner, deserved also. And as the rain fell, he probably pondered God's mercy to him, asking, Who am I that I should be saved? So let's have a look see what the New Testament says. So far we've seen that God is both a judge and a deliverer. But what does that have to do with us living several thousand years after the event? What possible connection is there, is in there for us? Well, let's have a look at what the New Testament has to say about this episode in history. Firstly, Jesus quoted it in Matthew 24 verse 39 when he talked about the end of the age when he will come again. And in verse 37, Jesus compares the flood with the coming of the Son of Man. There will again be two groups of people. There are those that are like Noah who are prepared and saved and those who are unprepared and lost. Secondly, Peter backs this up in his second letter and added that the next judgment will not be with water but with fire for the destruction of all ungodly Peter people in 2 Peter 3 verses 5 and 7. The godly people will have a new home of righteousness to look forward to. So what does all that mean? So what? Well, let's first recapitulate and then we'll go into finding out. So what? What does that mean? Firstly, we have seen that God is a righteous judge. God and his holiness cannot tolerate sin and disobedience and he needs to judge it. He judged the earth with a flood several thousand years ago. Secondly, we learnt that God also delivers or saves. All throughout history, even in the most ungodly times, God has always kept a remnant or group of people for himself and has always had a spokesperson ready to speak for him. And we learn this throughout the Old Testament in the story of the people of Israel. Then thirdly, we discovered that what the New Testament teaches about it. Jesus and the Apostle Peter both referred to the event and the writer of Hebrews tells us that Noah was a man of faith who lived in holy fear and was the heir of righteousness to a new world following the flood. But again, how can we conclude? What does that mean today for us? Well, today as in the days of Noah, we also have two groups of people. Those who would be Christians, who are God's children and are safe in the arms of Jesus Christ, and those who don't know about God's grace and mercy, and are therefore lost in a flood of sin. Some of us here today have been Christians possibly only a couple of days, or perhaps for decades. What are we doing knowing that the judgment of Christ is coming? Are we like Noah and obeying God and his commandments? Are we working out our faith with fear and trembling? Are we showing people and telling those that are lost that God loves them, cares for them, and is coming back to judge the earth with fire and righteousness? That is our work and our mission as Christians, as followers who are safe in the ark of Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, you belong to the second group of people and you are not yet a child of God and safe in this ark of Jesus. It is God's will for you to be safe. For he desires that nobody should be lost. You are still lost in the flood of sin, 
do not yet know God as your father, this is sin. Sin is not obeying what God has revealed to be true. I implore you, turn to him today. Nobody knows when the next judgment day will be, just as in the days of Noah. They didn't know either. It could be now, tomorrow, or in another hundred years. Nobody knows when the judgment will be, only the all-knowing and all-wise God. The time for you to turn to Jesus, to God, is now. You have no excuse. You've heard the gospel. All you have to do now is believe, accept that Jesus is God, and follow him, trusting that he will save you, and then you will be safe in God's modern ark, Jesus Christ. If that is you today, please do see one of the leaders or myself afterwards and we will be very happy to talk with you further. Thank you.